0: so ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the live free podcast as always i'm your host mike maxwell uh today's guests are lex and carl from the wisest wizards i'm all bubbly throated i just had a big glass of acai Now i'm all slimy we did another joint episode of the Wisest Wizards and the Live Free podcast. Um, we recorded about an hour episode, and all of a sudden Lex looks over at the computer and it had froze up. And so we thought we'd lost the first interview. So you'll get a gap in between at about the hour mark. And it's this is a pretty long episode because we were like, well, we better re-record something since we're here. Um, but so we talk about... Uh, SS, symbols, American Pimp, MMA judging, UFC on Fox 4, Muay Thai vs. Jiu-Jitsu, The Written Word, Memory, Tipping Points, Nationalism, Gay Sex, and Chick-fil-A. Such a weird fucking grouping of things to say. I got the Live Free Podcast group art show coming up uh, next month, September 6th, at the Hellion Gallery in Portland. Uh, most of the artists who have been on the show, some of the comedians and some other folks who have done things with me are all going to be a part of the show. Uh, and then from Portland, we're going to move it down to San Diego at some point. Not sure the dates on that, but, uh, while I'm in Portland, I'm going to be recording some podcasts and hanging out with some artists up there. I guess there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, there's a big music festival going on up there at the time that, that week, and I guess there's a couple really big art shows also happening at the same time. So that's cool. Um, I guess we should just get right into this thing. Not too much of my blabbering. Make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the blog. You'll get information about the artists that have been on the show. Or you, you can click right on the podcast, actually, I keep forgetting to just say, just go to the podcast link. But anyway, go subscribe on iTunes and donate or do whatever the fuck you want to do. Okay, Uh, enjoy the show.
1: We have our very special friend here, and I'm glad to call him a friend, not just someone that I know. (laughs)
0: Like
1: Gautier? Yeah, like, will
0: that song fucking die? Will it? (laughs) <laughs> no it won't so,
1: no. never have to care i don't <laughs> yeah you have to break into it <laughs> dude have you seen the what was the that cover group where they five people play one guitar yeah yeah they do that song so much better than he does
0: the one guy in the ba- in that cover band looks like brody stevens oh oh yeah at the I, very end yeah it's funny
1: <laughs> we're just doing the he's stroking the neck of the guitar hey can
0: I guess if I want to guess where that sound clip this ain't no Wizard of Oz ass shit or whatever that's in that, that beginning there okay I'm guessing that that's from that original like pimp documentary from HBO, like from the like mid '90s. Is that accurate? <laughs>
2: actually, no, no. It's uh it. oh, one of Lex's buddies that actually got that one. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he just awesome. kind of went off basically on like a, our title, and uh yeah, I mean he just basically just recorded the whole thing. It was just
0: gold. It was like pure gold. <laughs> it's hilarious. I actually, uh, I would say probably like
2: '99
0: or 2000. I forget what the name of that the HBO yeah. doc that came out. It was like. The the pinnacle of pimp documentaries. Let's well, see if I can he, make that pop anymore by saying He P does words.
1: call he does call himself a pimp and he drives a Chrysler three hundred with the Bentley emblem on top of it. Nice. And then he bought a V six uh Camaro, took off all the emblems, stuck SS emblems on the thing so to make it sound like it's turbocharged. It yeah. still pops like <sighs> mm-hmm.
0: what is the SS doesn't have any reference to Super Nazi sports. Germany, right? Okay, good. It kinda, doesn't <laughs> oh, it? Doesn't it I, I use I thought like about the, that before. Actually, it uses kind of the bolty SS's. No? No, 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 they're yeah. rounded. Yeah, yeah, they're, okay? they're
2: they're they're pretty rounded. Okay, I'm sure good. that I'm sure that would have been commented on. But yeah, that's kind of funny. I never thought about that before at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, whenever I hear SS, it's a there's actually uh um like a motor, like like the Hell's Angels using that stuff. Like like the like, it's so strange when cultures start readapting... uh. Uh, old symbols to their their new aesthetics. Like I never understood why an outlaw biker gang would be uh attached to uh um a national socialist movement yeah from like it, it the forties.
2: It doesn't correspond at all together. Yeah, it doesn't make
0: sense. Yeah. But I guess I guess from what I've learned is that they uh they wanted to adapt a bunch of things that just seemed like ultra um anti society. So like they when they started using it, they wanted the rest of society to look at them like fucking scumbags or something. That or you know like that they're they were dangerous. That they were some that they took this symbol that was the exact opposite of like maybe what they were talking about, and then adapted it. Because a lot you know like a lot of those early biker gang guys, they were all um, like Vietnam vets, and you know like a lot of them were attached to the military, which we often assume is. Hyper American. If you're, you know, on you know, in the U.S. Army or whatever, you you get that weird nationalism. Yeah, wouldn't you think it's they just adopted the imagery instead of the ideals? Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's the saying, the yeah. shock value is what I think yeah. that they wanted the shock value oh. of it. But may, but it's weird to attach yourself to something and not sort of follow all the other guidelines that go along with those things.
2: Yeah, I mean, but I'm, that's not to
0: say that like the swastika wasn't. You know, it was. Uh, bastardized from the from Buddhists, or uh, yeah, yeah,
2: for sure, because it's just like a symbol for peace. But then they just like just basically just flipped it around and then started using yeah, it. Yeah, because it's their still
0: con- it's continued to be used in Buddhism and uh, Hinduism. You've
1: heard of, you've heard of that Indian symbol, the running man. No, so the running man almost has a, it's pretty much exactly the same characteristics as the swastika. The only thing is that um, the swastika is, I think, tilted forward yeah, a little saying, bit, it's so it's yeah. flipped. But well, yeah. Right. When you put it right side up, it resembles a running man, and you can look there in cave paintings and shit
0: like that, and, or not cave paintings, but you know, like carved structures. And well, it's a fun symbol to to draw. I remember when I was young, I would draw it a lot, but I would I would draw the symbol and then I would turn it into like a pinwheel. Yeah. You know, like crop, make an X through it, and it yeah. turns into like a pinwheel, yeah. like like four triangles. Yeah. But it's uh you know I think the it's funny did we talk I hope we didn't talk about this before I've talked about it on my podcast before no this is totally new um I I was raised Catholic for most of my young uh like my like pro- I guess uh ten to maybe fifteen before I revolted yeah same um, here and I had to go to what's called catechism which is like a like a bi-weekly or, or like twice-a-week class that they, they teach you about the Bible or and Catholicism and all the nonsense, yeah. So I had this teacher who told me that the swastika was a cross with the ends broken to like symbolize like anti-Christianity or something. What? And it's, yeah, yeah. and it just goes to show like, what kind of nonsense somebody who, like, one, that we give uh, some this random person the opportunity to teach children false history. Yeah. One, you know, with, with no direct connection to the symbol whatsoever. And not that there's any real importance in that. But just that that you would be misled in such a small way. Yeah. What's to say that you wouldn't be misled in a, in a much greater, more harmful way? You know. But it, again, it's a it's a super old symbol, probably even pre Hindu, pre Buddhism. You know, even yeah. the thousands and thousands of years old. Yeah,
2: but I think it's interesting, like you know, I mean, I guess going back to the bikers, you know, taking talking about taking like the SS symbols as like shock value or you know some weird meaning behind it, but. I mean, I think it's interesting when you have, like, you know, like, the urban meaning behind things and, like, you're kind of stealing words and just kind of, like, revamping them and reusing them. I mean, I, I think in some cases it makes sense, but in a lot of cases you're kind of just, like, bastardizing these words. And I've like, been trying to it's turn... A, it's just kind of frustrating. I don't like know I'm getting it, old, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, you, you, attachment to the past, like, you're trying to keep everything the same way. Yeah. I have that issue. I've been trying to um, make new words for cool. You know, or like rad. Like I, I mean, I say sex sometimes, just when something's awesome. Be like, like that's, that's, tits. Sex. <laughs> yeah, that's tits. Yeah, that's tits. Yeah. That's tits. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know that one day eventually I'm gonna hear somebody say that shit on a sitcom, and I'm gonna look over at my girlfriend and be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Well, <laughs> Why not you? Because I know I, I invented that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. ten years ago. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> the same thing can go with music
1: too. I mean, um, unless you're completely, uh, what is it, sampling or something like that. I mean. You're basically playing on the same scale that people have been playing for the past, like whatever in history of music, musical instruments, or you know. Yeah, there's gonna be some point where you almost the first note you hit, same note that someone else hits.
0: Even like I catch stuff on TV now, like on some like com- like comedy shows or something like where I say uh, just like the the dialogue that me and my girl can have together, you know, that because we're around each other all the time, she actually speaks my language. Like, sometimes I <laughs> speak in, in yeah. nonsensical, like, even she'll sometimes look at me like, what the fuck did you just say? But she gets most of my silly-ass shit. And it'll, we'll, we'll have moments where we'll hear something on TV and we'll both look at each other like, Holy shit, these fucking assholes have have our apartment bugged. Like they recorded our conversation. But I guess that's what really makes things funny is the the ability to share a a common thing that's hilarious that usually isn't talked about. Yeah. But that is common amongst all different types of people. You know, that's the funniest stuff. Like when I go to a comedy show like that thing happens to me, but I've never recognized it as like yeah. a thing that happens to everybody, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden you're not quite alone, like in your embarrassment or. Uh, you know whatever your insecurity is, you know, mm-hmm. it's particularly in comedy, like yeah. stand up and shit.
2: I mean, I feel like those are the best moments. Like you said, you know the funniest ones are the ones that everyone can relate to, because like you know you you hear something that you know you don't really have an opportunity to talk about. And it takes that one weird small angle to looking at it, and then you just bust out laughing, and everyone else is laughing too. We're like oh, I guess it's not just me that realized that's, that's stupid. You know
0: that's the beauty in in comedy is how people can find those moments, take recognition of it. And then clean it up and present it in a a short yeah. version that is funny a for short everyone. Yeah. yeah, short for hilarious. Version.
1: Damn it, should have pulled a thing. <laughs> it sucks, dude. I I to totally dropped the ball. We brought two mics. There's three people here, so if there's little pauses, bear with
2: me. There's no, no problem. problem. I, f- I feel like the last time or the, the first time we were on with uh with Mike, I feel like we had to do that too. That did I, happen. Yeah. Yeah. Almost works out better too, because I feel like I have a lot of random filler. What? <laughs> you know, like. It tends to be a little unnecessary, so it'll probably just actually make it your job easier because you don't have to filter that shit out. <laughs> I never filter it out. <laughs> Obviously not, because <laughs> every time I listen to the podcast, I just saying stupid shit.
1: <laughs> but yeah. No, but uh, yeah, crazy shit. I don't even know how we got up on that first conversation. because oh, of
0: the SS. The SS? Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, so it turned into the intro. What the fuck, man?
2: Yeah, so basically, um, I don't know. Now that we were just talking about that, and you were talking about the uh, HBO special, I really think we should go back and watch the uh, Scared Straight. I don't know. Have you ever seen that before? Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. all the kids, and uh-huh. we should just like pull random like sound clips from that. Like, hold my pocket. I'll trade you for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> I'm telling you. So
0: I can't remember the name of the. It's <laughs> that's like my bitch. That's my bitch. <laughs> I f- I fucking forget the name of that documentary, but it's like the the. The, yeah, the pimp one. Oh, the pimp. Because yeah. HBO did that series, like, all the real sex stuff, like, but pre-internet, mm-hmm. you know, like, that really was oh, the, was avant-garde, I would I would call when it. When it was good? Oh, there's
2: a name, I forget what the that like that show the, was
0: called. It's, like, on the strip or, like, on the on the row. People, know it, Something like but that. But I, I don't it. think it was – I actually – the reason I, I mentioned that was because mm-hmm. I had actually recorded sound clips from this pimp film – a long time ago way before i ever had a podcast before any recording thing but it, i used to um i used to make mixtapes with this uh, i had a, a two deck mixtape fucking setup on this old tape player that i had and this one I, one weekend i decided to go through and find all the drug references on all the cds that i own so it was it was two tape decks and then a cd player on top so i could record to the tape decks from the cd player it's a mission man dude it was like a three and a half minute song that was all like (laughs) like one or like you know just a few second clips of a whatever drug reference like a bong rip or like somebody talking about something (laughs) so it was like all different genres of music all put together yeah and I spent the time putting all this together, and the the best part about it was that the tape, uh, the pause button. If I pressed the pause button really slow, it kind of stretched the tape out. So instead of it just being like Ear! and then a stop, and then a new thing, and then a stop, and then a new thing, I actually <laughs> was able to make it blend like it like a like <laughs> <What>? a DJ <laughs> really? with, with with the mixer. You know, like I could I made it sort of overlap, and it would yeah. record over. Multiple parts of the tape because it was like, it it was really strange. But I have no idea what happened to that. Oh tape. man, I was just
2: gonna say, please, tell me you still have that tape because <laughs> I, I will buy a cassette player right now. Just so no, we can hear I don't it.
0: think so. If I do, it's like in a box somewhere randomly, <laughs> oh. and I have no idea. But it oh, may crazy. be gone by now. Yeah,
2: it really sucks, man. Like with the whole like switch over from like uh you know cassette tapes to um what? Uh yeah, I mean I guess the CD. video video you know, video and all that kind of stuff too. So I feel like I I lost so much good shit from like back in the day. You know, like back when I was in like, you know, eighth grade or whatever, you know, high school making like mixtapes on stuff. Or like I, I was talking about it with one of my buddies and like um, you know, when we were with those, you know, idiots in uh in like junior high and high school that just used to put on gloves and beat each other up and a bunch of my friends did, like, Jeet Kune Do or uh, Chole foot or Taekwondo. So we just all just get together and just beat the crap out of each other. But we had, we used to have, like, a ton of video for this stuff. Yeah. But I just, like, I have no idea where it is now just because I, mean, I don't even have a player anymore.
0: It's, I tried to track down um, – all my buddies used to be really into um, BMX and jumping bikes and, yeah. and mountain biking and all that shit. And I, I never gave a fuck. Like, I would just fall down a lot and it wasn't any fun for me. Yeah. But we would build these jumps because we lived up in the mountains and like all this open area. So we'd build like big tracks and shit. And uh, there was one video where we built this big ass fucking jump and people were doing cool tricks And but half of the people that were hitting it were eating shit. Like really good. <laughs> and I, I narrated the whole thing because I was filming. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so great.
1: You know what's weird is that uh, I was watching a bunch of BMX fail compilations on
0: YouTube last nice. night.
1: <laughs> and we're talking this, this conversation, man. Yeah, and these
0: were all, like, fucking 14, 15-year-old kids yeah. being fucking knuckleheads. Yeah, so, so it's more just funny versus, like, just Dude, complete hilarious. raw, painful. But, and not only that, but, like, a lot of people, the area where we built it, mm-hmm. there was, um like, a downhill trail. So a lot of people would ride their bikes up, and it, it was in Crest. And so it was a three-mile hill, so they'd ride down, ride up, ride down. Mm-hmm. And so some older dudes like would ride by and stop. And there was one dude that just fucking cased it so hard. He, it was, he hit the jump and just pulled his front wheel way up in the air. It was almost like he was straight up in the air. Like his front wheel was above his head and his bottom wheel was below him. Yeah. Went straight up in the air and just landed straight. Cause not only was it a huge jump, but of course where you get the dirt from is the huge pit that you, that you put in between the jump you know so it's like you not only fall from 10 feet above the earth but but you fall fall another four feet into the (laughs) earth too so it's like a a 14 foot drop and just dudes would wreck themselves (laughs) so great and but then there you know there was like the three dudes who were like the the bmx pros that were just like jumping it like it was no problem yeah yeah. and then everybody else was trying to be like them and just couldn't pull it off
2: What what was that show? I think it was on MTV, but it was basically just like just people breaking bones and if, if it, this is one BMX guy I think in particular, I don't know if it was BMX or Mortar. I, I, don't, know, I don't know, but yeah, I just like I, I I can't watch that stuff, man. Just like watching people like break bones or you know, like, I mean, it's, I think falling, hurting yourself, nutshots, shots, like, getting hit with a Swiss ball, I will watch that shit all day, like, break.com stuff. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more funny than watching somebody who, like, doesn't expect to get hit with a gigantic Swiss ball, and yeah. it happens.
0: Seeing arms and legs and ankles and stuff break is not, yeah. it's not good. I just can't, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not right. Which
2: is just kind of funny for a guy who, like, his main hobby is <laughs> trying to dislocate, uh, dislocate, shoulders, dislocate and shoulders and elbows. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but we do it oh, yeah. gently. <laughs> about it. Yeah. Well,
1: both people, all of us, somehow ex- enjoy that. Yeah, but we don't like looking at it.
0: No, and it, I wouldn't want to do that to anybody either. Mm. Like tap, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> we,
1: and then we'd make fun of you, like GSP. When uh, you talk about like he doesn't put anybody away, like he'll work slowly and then try again the next round.
2: Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the opposite of like a Ronda Rousey, or a, I don't know. No, I guess not Ronda Rousey's bad example. I guess more like a, a Frank Mir. Her fight's
0: coming up. uh she's fighting a Sarah something. Sarah Kaufman. 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 Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Kaufman? Sarah Kaufman. Okay. Yeah. That's gonna be here in San Diego.
2: Is it? Yeah, I not think. Sure. I think uh, a lot of the Strike Force are in San Diego.
0: I think it's at one of the Indian casinos. Oh, classy. So maybe. here. Yeah. <laughs> No, no
2: the but- Casinos got- aren't bad, man. Because we, we we always go to Pala. P- Pala's not bad at all. Golden Acorns, uh, not as so that's the awesome. East County one. It's 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 north like west a little bit. Um, Valley know. Center. Have you? Oh, you go you up to the Valley Center, yeah?
0: No, uh-uh. I've never been up the to barn. Any- no. It was X fight. No, I was.
2: uh... I oh, I thought I you went out to that one for some reason. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all the XFS fights are over there. I mean, they they run a decent show, you know, like uh, considering you know what it is. It's it's a non commission, um, but yeah, it's it's basically just in a gigantic barn. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny.
0: Well, it's come a long way, man. Like, uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I
2: and mean, the guys are organized, man. And like, you know, they they pull people, and you know, they know that people don't want to pay all the commission fees. You know, like they, you know, in order to pay for like the local and in California, the way it works is, you know, it's kind of like you got to pay to play, and then there's like there's just so many fees that go into it. So these guys that are like young and hungry and broke, you know, they don't want to spend the money to. To fight, they'd rather just go to injury an reservation and like at least get paid something or not have to pay.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that, that transition is super weird. Like trying to, I I don't even know how it works.
2: For what? Just trans Going from like, amateur to pro, or
0: yeah. Well, let's say what is the what is the step somebody has to take to fight in the UFC? So let's say let's put the UFC at the top
2: of the mountain. Yeah.
0: You know what? What are what are the struggles that these dudes have to go through to to get there?
2: Yeah, I mean theoretically, most guys that either do jets tournaments or they'll come in from a striking background and then they'll make the jump over to MMA. Some guys just come straight into MMA and usually they get jacked in the beginning unless they're a hard ass. But you know theoretically, you have to pay. Uh, the commission for that year in order to uh, get registered as a, as a fighter. And then you have to pay, again, a fighter fee in order to fight the actual competition. And then you have to pay for the rash guard. You need to pay for the shorts, all camo. They have to be camo-specific stuff. And they don't give it to you. You have to actually buy everything, Jeez, gloves, all that shit. That's crazy. I it's mean, it's kind of a racket. Um, yeah. And then you have to, you, it's mandatory. You have to fight at least two fights before you can go pro. And then that means, you know, you actually got to get picked up by a commission. And if it's commission, they're going to be a little more choosy about who they pick. So a lot of guys, you know, if you don't have a stellar record or you don't come from an awesome camp, you know, you got to like really put in your grind. Um, Or you can go to some, you know, kind of like sideshow, which is like the XFS. Um, XFS is a little more organized than some of the one I'm seeing. But I mean, if you go to some of these King of the Cage, like Gladiator Challenge stuff. Like the guys at the top are good, but they usually get matched up with like some of these guys. I'm just like, dude, this guy's not even wearing fight shorts. He's wearing like basketball shorts. Like, I don't even know if he has a cup on. You know, like, this <laughs> yeah. guy literally looks like he's never worked out in a day in his life, and he's going up against like, you know, like, you know, somebody who's like pro status. You know, yeah. and just, just get jacked. It's like those people
0: who think they're tough guys in bars and yeah. they just have no idea. Absolutely,
2: yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, from from their mindset, it's like, well, the more people we have fight. The more family and friends are going to come out and watch and buy tickets, so we might as well just have everybody. No, that yeah, we can which
0: fight. makes sense from a business perspective, I yeah. guess, for these people who are trying to recoup the cost of putting on all this shit. Yeah, yeah. But what's up with these commissions? Are they? Is it like gangster shit? Is it? You
2: know, I mean, they say like you know, if you go to like Boston area, New York area, you know, it is comes from a little more of that like you know fucking gangster kind of mentality. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like my experience with the commission, that you know, there's some guys that are pretty cool um you know they're they're they try to be knowledgeable they try to you know they're they're kind of just there to help grow the sport you know and then there's some guys that are there just to be kind of like you know like oh i'm fucking important and
0: there was this documentary film that came out a, a number of years ago about um the the commission who rates movies the people who put what the rating is on the movies okay and uh how gangster that shit was like how top secret like this guy went around like backroom and,
2: dealings or
0: yeah well just just the way that they decide which movies are are R or i think the the biggest issue was when a, a movie goes from r to nc-17 or mm-hmm. whatever that issue is like because a lot of those movies they can't get into movie theaters so basically these people are controlling which movies have the ability to, to make money into, basically into a theater yeah and uh it was it was shady like the way that they conducted business didn't seem like on the up and up which isn't yeah. at all surprising yeah but like th- they were all really secretive mm-hmm. you know they they made their decisions and that was it it's kind of like the federal reserve yeah like there's no accountability yeah. to anybody they just but they have this power over not only a power over the people making films but the power over people's ability to go see films that mm-hmm. they want to see like that some um group of fucking six people can decide oh this this film should not be publicly consumed yeah, like, that they're no, making that choice for everyone yeah
2: with no like real recourse or yeah. like no real understanding of how it's how it gets done and now since then of course with the internet and
0: shit it's a, it's a lot different probably from when that film was actually made mm-hmm. till now but just the ability to get communications out I mean, there
2: what did they say i mean in terms of uh you know j- making the jump from R to NC17 was it like a full minute of boobs, or like too many, yeah, of like Seventeen. I, well, th- I think that was part of the thing or, that you know, like... the rules weren't all
0: that stated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it was just a judgment call. It's kind of like yeah. judging in MMA.
2: Yeah, like I how feel... crazy that is. This should be an R. <laughs> like I feel they have one of those little like uh, eight ball shakers. So yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. And you know, like
0: there was just a re- I forget which fight it was uh, in the past couple fights, but there was a a, a ruling the one judge scored at 30 27 for one fighter and the mm-hmm. other judge scored at 30 27 for the other fighter yeah. oh they
1: flipped? how does that happen yeah it shouldn't <laughs> was he looking the wrong at wrong way or got someone confused
2: two refs you who know, they, are... they got the colors mixed up <laughs> you know like it's, like it's it's like they got they they flipped the chart over or something like that and they got yeah. the colors mixed up like wait who is blue again Fuck. that that i could deal with yeah. is it but like just... a bingo
1: thing or is it like a a clicker <laughs> thing you know like do you have cuz i could see like if if somehow you I don't know. You forget your left hand is your right hand, or something like that, and so like you're saying, you know, blue corner, which is your left hand, and red corner, but you, you're hitting red corner thinking it's blue. Yeah, but it'd be like, the same thing.
2: Yeah, no, no it's, it's not like clickers. Like you're clicking like uh, points and shit like that. Yeah, it's it's I, like it's, they just have like a very simple card, and then you either write nine or ten or whatever the end score is. That would be hilarious though if you're just sitting there with like a, a red fucking little uh, like almost like a grenade and like a um, you know a blue grenade and you're basically like oh, that's a punch All right, that's two clicks a uh, head kick oh that's like three clicks <laughs> you know like- there's somebody <laughs> doing that down
0: there somewhere they do that
2: in taekwondo um, they, they actually don't. have clickers so basically every time they score a point you click it and sometimes you'll you'll fuck up <laughs> and so like someone will have like way off or something like that or like you'll just get excited and jump and you'll accidentally click it and you're like oh fuck yeah I'm cool with human error I'm not cool
0: with two judges seeing a fight being two totally different things. Yeah, that
1: almost uh, puts a maybe someone got paid off or some some sort of you know backdoor reason. Yeah, or is I, it like that Manny personal? Ben... fight? Oh, dude, I've never seen or talked to so many people that were going for Bradley and said Bradley lost. What the? And they're even pissed off and they're rooting for Bradley. Yeah, everybody. That's knows crazy. He lost that
0: fight. That's crazy, man. That was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Bradley in my knows
2: life. that Bradley lost that fight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you don't, you don't. Get asked, "Did you win that fight?" And you say, "Well, I don't know. I guess I'll have to look at the tape." Like, come on, man. I mean, you know, like no.
1: He he first said he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and then like the cold crowd started booing, and then like he kind of like got scared a little bit, and then he was explaining going on to something like you know, uh, I'll give him a rematch, and then he said, "I'll look at the tape to really see if I won," because I want to be a person of my word. And he probably saw the tape. He knew he didn't lost. He, Did he uh, give back the belt? No, he didn't.
0: I thought he offered the belt back. Uh, I thought no, I it was something. rumored.
2: It was rumored that he offered the belt back that he actually watched the table like 100 times and then he realized that he didn't win. And then it came out like 6 hours later that he was like, "Fuck that. It's my belt, bitch." <laughs> you could take his
0: corners uh advice during all the breaks and not watch the entire the entire fight. Just listen to the the way that his his coach talked to him yeah. and you'll know who lost the fight.
1: Well, to see what was weird is that when they showed his corner like, the last three rounds, he was like, you got this, man. You're almost there. You're almost there. I was like, what is he? Like, he's getting his fucking face beaten in, and he's saying you're almost there,
0: like, to a knockout or something? Yeah, you're almost there to this fight is done, and we can go home and get a paycheck. Yeah. That's what that sounded like to me. <laughs> like, trying to just talk him through it. Like, he wanted to quit. I think dude wanted to quit. But there's certain subtleties to your tone, like when you want to just egg someone on,
1: or, like, you know, you're, you're excited and you know something's going to happen. Uh, you think of, it was the excited? Was the excited one? One. Yeah, yeah.
0: I didn't, hear, I didn't see it that Cause
1: way. Because you know, there's certain things you can pick up, and that way, like when, a, like a fighter's losing their corner, it's like, "Come on, man!" You know, they'll, they'll give that, you know, confidence talk. But this guy, like, super, like, got got three more rounds. You're almost there, man. You're almost there. Which I probably could have read his whatever subtlety his wrong. Corner? Yeah, it's
0: Bradley's corner. And he, I saw it as him trying is to he just trying to make him. the distance. Yeah, convincing him that he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> And he's still alive and breathing. That's what that sounded like to me. That he was like, "Shit, this is not going well. Let's try to convince this dude to keep
2: moving." Dude, just recently. uh, Well, I mean, this is maybe like six months ago or something like that. But I was talking to a coach, and uh, um, his fighter was. uh, I mean, he's 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 pro. You know, he's he's fought a number times, number of times. Um, He kind of he kind of went to pro a little bit fast, though. And then I guess like he was, uh, you know, in the corner, and you know, they were kind of warming up and everything. And then uh, the coach noticed that, like you know, he wasn't hitting pads like he normally does, and um, you know, he's you know, like, are you all right, man? Are you all right, man? He's like, yeah, man, just you know, thanks for everything, and like, you know, uh, I just, I really hope I just make it, you know, the whole five rounds. And the coach is like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, I mean, he was just like, oh no, it'll be cool, man, it'll be cool. But in his head, he was just like, Jesus Christ, man, this is fucking awful. Like, this is not what I want to be hearing right now. Yeah,
0: that's a just sending you to your doom, basically. Yeah, people who've already lost in their head. Yeah, that's yeah. I can, I. I like to bet on the fights, so I always watch the weigh-ins.
2: Yeah, we were talking about that.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you could just see it on their face, mm-hmm. like that it's just not, it's not going to go good. Yeah. It's weird how sometimes you just get that feeling, like uh, I think Phil Davis is going to lose. Yeah, this
2: weekend, just by again the weigh-ins, or no, well the weigh-ins are today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll Who's he tomorrow.
0: fighting? He's fighting a, a dude from Black House, a Brazilian. Was uh, oh, it Eric Silva?
2: No, Uh an eight, oh, no! no. Wrong, wrong weight category. What am I talking about? Yeah, Jesus Christ! Yeah, two oh five. A dude I've never heard of before. Is Phil Davis dropping thirty pounds for this fight? <laughs> Sorry, he
0: yeah. uh, he's a striker, um, but they're trying to they're trying to say he doesn't have a ground game. From what I've read, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine that any. Dude in mixed martial arts coming out of Brazil no and Black House yeah. doesn't have a a jitsu game. That yeah. sounds ridiculous to me. But I'm 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 he's a a four to one dog against Phil Davis. Oh, shit. Davis is a six to one favorite. Damn. so are you 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 thinking
2: about taking that bet?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he's gonna. Yeah. I think he's gonna lose.
2: I mean, I I feel like uh, right right when Pride and uh, UFC were switching over was, like, the biggest opportunity to make money because, like, there's these guys who had these, like, big, humongous, awesome names. But then, like, I mean, you just didn't realize all these people were just on, like, massive quantities of supplements, you know? So they come over here and be like, oh, you know, this guy's a huge favorite. You know, everybody wants to see him fight. He's going to make all this money. I'm like, dude, no, this was going to get blasted, man, by this, like, no name. You know, who's got just yeah. way more talent right now. I remember
0: when um Crow cop came into the UFC and I was with a bunch of my friends watching it on T V yeah. who um weren't big UFC fans. Yeah. And I was just talking up how this dude was gonna get it, how Gonzaga was gonna get his head kicked off like a soccer. Oh, ball. really? No, was dude. Like, Watch this. Smashed. Yeah. Dude. That I thought he killed him. He yeah. kicked him in the head so fucking hard. Yeah. And just flipped it, the exact opposite of what I said was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly what I said was going to happen, but just, it just the wrong the person. Wrong <laughs> yeah. But there's a so we got the what is it UFC 102,000 coming up. I what think is it's it? 1200. Yeah. Twelve. One twelve.
2: <laughs> it's it's Fox Four. Cause they cause kind of. Oh reset yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. It doesn't have a they. They start from one again. With yeah. Fox. <laughs> Do you guys see... have picks for, I, well, I think, well, the main event yeah, is, sure. is Shogun and, and Vera. Vera. Yeah,
2: I, Shogun's going to win that.
0: I I see this being uh, it's a gonna long, be a... drawn-out, boring fight, yeah.
2: actually. Yeah, it's just going to be a stand-up battle.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot, it might, it's going to be like a less exciting version of the Dan Henderson fight. A less exciting version of the Dan,
2: I think the Dan Henderson fight's going to go two rounds max.
0: No, no, no! It was the one with him and Shogun?
2: Oh, okay. Which was okay, okay. like a war for five rounds. I don't know, man. I mean, Verus, his muay thai is good. He's got great, great, great muay thai skills. And then, I mean, Shogun's obviously awesome too. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of see. I, I guess I see them like just kind of like standing and and duking it out. I'd like to and see then Shogun, Shogun take, take him down, down and grind and yeah. pound. I mean, if if I had to formulate a game plan, um. Would well, probably suck, but I mean, like that would be kind of like the the gist of it. Is the... And you
0: know, on the other hand, I could see I could see Vera getting a decision here yeah, if uh, sure. if he keeps his cardio up and is able to get like if he can wear Shogun down a little bit, mm-hmm. like three, maybe win the last three rounds. Yeah, I could see that happening too. But he needs to get a win. It's, it's such a weird matchup. There there was a lot of hoopla on the Twitters and the Facebooks mm-hmm. about how. Uh, the winner of this will get a title fight, which I want to make a point, which I did on Twitter already. Yeah. But fucking Dana White, after he he posted his fight, you know, blog week fight week video, uh-huh. he said winner of this. Well, he he goes on to say that uh, I know that on Twitter people are bitching about the fucking the winner yeah, of Vera show. Whoever the, the main event co main event whoever wins most decisively, he says gets to fight John Jones. He's now re- one more fight. Yeah, yeah, John Jones still has a fucking fight before he, he before anybody has an opponent from this this fight here. And I I think Den Henderson could win that fight. I think he has just as much chance. One, I, I saw the John Jones uh um what the fuck, what, uh Shogun? Rashad. Or oh, Rashad, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I saw that fight. And he didn't dude, he wasn't that I don't think he he shined like uh, not
2: like his previous performances like, 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 like yeah. Machida he shined man like he he was like a th- threat you know what I mean like I think
0: he's gonna have a hard time coming one coming off the DUI drama and how much he's had to sort of stay out of the spotlight yeah. I think there's gonna be some fucking issues with him and his rising popularity yeah which was really interesting because I watched the um the UFC's like background thing on John Jones uh-huh. that was just on uh in the last couple weeks they mm-hmm. just followed him they show they did like a documentary on him leading up to the shogun fight mm-hmm. that he won and one of the focuses was greg jackson talking about how he needs to make sure that he doesn't get wrapped up with the wrong people and you know making this weird emphasis on how fame and celebrity and money will has a tendency to get you away from like what they made it look like he was this family man and you know he does these things and he's wholesome and goes to church and The whole fucking routine. Yeah. But I see, like, when people start get rich, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like they got fucking girls coming around. They got fucking, you know, whatever they want thrown at them. Yeah. You know, you see this young fucking twenty-five year old kid with more money than he's ever fucking seen. Yeah. uh, Probably fucking more popularity. He's young. Everybody knows who he is. And, You know, probably has people fucking fawning all over him. And he goes and gets fucking hammered, and goes and drives some expensive car and into a fucking pole or something. So, I could see that there could be like some hangover type effect of that leading into this fight. I think this is going to be a big test for him. Even though I keep saying that for every fucking fight like a dummy.
1: (laughs) I think it's funny funny that we've. Yeah. Well, see, and we've been beating this John Jones horse like for a while, dude. Yeah, we've been killing (laughs) him, huh? I've never liked John Jones. Yeah, it's not like, you know. I don't know, just for what you exactly just explained, you know, that are people telling you to live a certain way when you're actually doing the other thing, you know,
0: but uh, I think that availability, you know, from, you know, being a poor, not poor, but being, you know, like middle class and, and not in the spotlight and, you know, like no fame from being nobody knowing who you are two years ago to being on a Bud Light commercial yeah. 3 years later at the, at 25 that's hard to deal with in your 30s and let it, alone it, at yeah. in your 20s when you're still maturing
2: I feel like in the way it's done too because like it's not like he you know it was something that he dedicated his whole life to and you know finally got uh, you know and he went through the grind went through the amateurs went through like oh, this whole process it was kind of just like he started he started competing he started whooping ass he kept whooping ass and now he's a champ so it's like I mean I feel like that in itself kind of like changes like your perspective on, uh, you know, like your, um, like, you, you know, you being here for a reason kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I was chosen for this. I'm the chosen one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's what he's thinking, but I just, like, I, I could see where that would be uh, easier to fall into that. You know, I, when you have it come, not easy, because obviously he works his ass off. He's sure, super talented. Sure. Um, You know, obviously there's, like, genetic gifts and whatnot, but, um, you know, I, I could just kind of see where you, you might kind of have an easier time falling into it. And Greg Jackson, that's cool that he's actually addressing that. You because know, he's got all these rock stars in his camp. That you know, you get a big team of fucking famous people together, and like, what are they gonna do? Fucking party, you know? Like, and he out- says it because he other. knows. Yeah, he knows, yeah. right? He's seen
0: it. Yeah, I'm sure. Like the celebrity status, celebrity does such weird things to people's heads, mm-hmm. because celebrity does such weird things to people who look at people as celebrities. Yeah, like the way the viewer sees somebody as fucking being something more important. Mm-hmm. You know that that gives an inflated sense of ego unless you're really fucking strong minded, you know, which maybe he is, but yeah. It's it's something that like people can't even really understand unless you're you're wrapped up in that. Like yeah. it's you can't just think of oh this is how it's gonna be and then yeah. well if I was there I the wouldn't totally fall yeah. into that one. Thinking, hey, That's like uh, yeah. like people who think they're good at things before they do them, you yeah. know? Like I see that it's funny, I, I've been recording all of my jujitsu roles. Like, during sparring at the end of class, we I'll record all my, all my matches. And uh, I've been taking notice of, like, the newbies in class or, like, the people who have done wrestling in high school or, like, have some sort of, um, uh, some type of training. But it looks like maybe they took, like, two classes or something. Yeah. Or, like, watched some YouTube videos. Yeah. Because <laughs> people go bad shit. Like it's so I I have one specific video that I just recorded where me and Adriano, the coach of the class, Mm. um, the professor, he he and I look like we're rolling in slow motion. Like, you know, when there's those like movie scenes where the people are walking in slow motion, but everything is going in fast motion behind them. Exactly what it was. (laughs) Yeah. Or like the like there's music videos like that. It looked like he and I were rolling in slow motion because we were just working. He was working technique on me. But, you know, I was I was trying, but I wasn't doing anything. I was, I was getting my ass kicked. But, you know, you could tell that there was a, a methodic um, way that we were going about it. And there was, like, two dudes right behind us that looked like two Tasmanian devils fucking spinning around in the dirt. It was fucking crazy. Like a
2: cowboy knife fight. Just, like, just, like throwing <laughs> yeah. each other around. Yeah, like, I, I expected, <laughs> like, a tumbleweed to come fucking rolling through it was fucking crazy. Yeah, but dude, I think the recording is really good, man. It's funny. I've talked to a, a number of people. They it just just this week, and they were like, "Dude, we should start recording more of our our sparring sessions." Like, "Hey, man, we should start recording more of our classes." Like, I mean, it, it is a a very handy tool. You yeah, know, to it, it to helps back a lot. And, yeah,
0: because you don't see like particularly in jujitsu, but I guess even you know with boxing, like sometimes when you're covered up, you you don't have a full perspective of what's happening all the way around you. Yeah, you know, I was just my one of my recent videos. I had locked up a, a. I was thought I had got a sort of like an ankle leg lock mm-hmm. that I was setting up, and to do it, I needed the toes to be pointed up towards my shoulder, like into my armpit. Mm-hmm. And in my head, that's what was happening. But when I looked at the footage, that my my opponent's foot was actually face down, uh. and I was not putting any pressure on on it at all. Yeah. So you know, and I wouldn't have seen that otherwise mm-hmm. because it. I didn't have the visual. Yeah, like, yeah, I couldn't yeah. see that portion of, of the role because my eyes were... A lot of times my eyes are closed, I notice. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even looking, Yeah, you know, but... I you
2: kind of, because I'm in... It. I feel like it's almost like not a necessity, but it's like I mean, you're you're kind of trying to use other senses like your your eyes kind of become your hands when you're kind of feeling things over. Yeah, especially
0: like like trying to retain guard. If you in half guard and trying to get full guard back or you're in side control and trying to get full guard back, mm -hmm. you have to use your legs in such a way that you can't see where they're going. Yeah, because you got some fucking dude smothering your face. Yeah. Or a girl smothering your face could be the way, yeah. preferably. And, yeah, <laughs> but you have to sort of get a sense of what your limbs can do without yeah. visually knowing where they're at, or where you you got to also be able to feel where your opponent is. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sometimes it's fun to just have your eyes closed and try to balance and learn it without. It's like yeah. that that Van Dam with the fucking blindfold <laughs> on, you know.
2: Yeah, I think it's super useful even in uh, you know Muay Thai. Um, more as like a coaching tool, we've been using is that you know because we'll we'll record somebody sparring session or we'll record somebody you know, like hitting pads or something like that. And because, you know, if I'm telling them to do something, it's like, no, I am doing it. I am doing it. It's like, no, you're not keeping your hands up. No, I am, I am, I am, you know. It's just that, you know, you just get tired. It's like, no, motherfucker, I'm watching you. You keep dropping your right hand. That's why you keep going with the left hook or, you know, something, something. Or you're And you could slow-mo. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the shit right yeah. there. So it's it's hard to argue with a videotape recording of you, you know, yeah. doing some stupid shit. Yeah. So. It's such a useful tool. It needs to be done more often. Yeah.
1: Especially when you caught uh, Alex who blasted
0: that kid with the leg kick. Oh
1: God, <laughs> so yeah, dude, he got his balls broke. So I told him good. that uh, he
0: needs to let him kick him back.
1: Oh, yeah, man. dude, because that was that was pretty bad. Like he caught him like that's like in mid stride, like in mid stride, and he like went down, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I hurt my foot in that
0: class.
2: That was like, a tough class, I, yeah, dude. dude. I sprained my foot in that class. If, that was also a beginner class, which is the funniest part about it. <laughs>
0: well, so to, to set that up for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean it was a hard class. I was
2: referring to like you know Lex being a beginner. Like, that was a beginner class, by the way. No, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant like it was a really hard class. It was surprising for it being a beginner. You
0: know what I mean? See how he changed his voice. Yeah. I was just joking around. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> no, it uh for for the people who don't who obviously not everybody's seen the video. There's a video. Uh, it's on my Facebook, but I have no idea where exactly it exists. You, I it, actually you, went back this, looking like this, for it. There's this
1: area on the page where it says videos. That's why I, I went yeah. looking for that I couldn't find it when I went looking but maybe uh, it's like in some sort of like
0: weird bottom corner underneath the lines cuz they changed the you know yeah. layout so many times. But anyway, so there was a really intense Muay Thai class where like the the training was there was there was an odd number of people in the class. So the first there was uh I, oh it was it was uh one guy spars
1: with the other guy, and the guy tried to attack both of them. Where they all tried to attack one of them.
0: Yeah, well, there was an extra guy who was going from group to group, sneaking yeah. up on groups and oh, throwing yeah. body shots. He caught him. me a couple times, too. And what I, I had that guy. I filmed that guy, too. Yeah. And some of that's in the in the video, that too. That was hilarious that he's, like, walking
1: around the mat, and then, like, the guy just gets in his way. He's like, bam. And, yeah, then, and you, then
0: I heard you laughing in the background. It was hilarious. So then, but uh, Crew was like, he wasn't satisfied with the level of damage that the guy was <laughs> that the floater was doing. People. Yeah, he <laughs> the floater wasn't wasn't quite living up to his expectations. So like he
1: put on the shin guard yeah, and he, put, uh, he, he started
0: blasting everybody with leg kicks. Yeah, he ran over and grabbed a shin guard and was sneaking up on people and just blasting them. Oh. But th- the The reason being the the tech the I guess the, the it was reason a being behind on guard the, all times yeah it's like, like a, you get watch, eyes you know, in the back of your head yeah like be, it's a it was an awareness drill to know when people are sneaking up on you I guess so it was I guess what seemed to be the point I have a poor reaction time to late kicks I notice like I get
1: kicked really good I'm just like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> and then I try kicking them back and then the next day I like have like that Charlie horse. And I'm just like, fuck, maybe I should have, like, checked them. Fucking I should have checked them.
0: And so, like, after that class, now I'm, like, a little bit better at checking. And... Even, even that class, like, the sparring was a a number of levels higher. Like, it was the speed, the tempo was a little bit faster than it normally is. Like the... Well, yeah,
1: dude, he, like, I, I tell Carl this all the time. It was like, Alex went shoot a box on us. <laughs> And you it's know. not always like that. That's
0: what it, that I know. I was especially like, at Ugh. the
1: end of the class. He had us. Uh, well, I could. I've done this too, but um, before here. But you know where you stand in. You just like take. You take hits, but you. I wasn't taking hits on that sort of level. And he's like, you know, what, just go all go all out because you're gonna do it to your partner. So
0: if your partner hits you good, he's gonna hit you back good, and so everybody's just going
1: bam, bam. And I was like, oh, dude, that, that was a rough class.
0: That's that's how I've been explaining the difference between jujitsu and muay thai, like the the level the emotion that comes out when getting punched in the face and gut yeah. and kicked in the leg for me usually is anger and then in jujitsu when somebody catches me in like a really swift triangle or you know any sort of submission yeah. it's kind of funny like holy, yeah. like a little bit of amazement not with every not to yeah. say that I don't well, get angry with some people because uh, I do yeah but. honestly
1: like uh, three days after that class I was like jujitsu is looking pretty good right now. <laughs> I told you man <laughs> you that know, shit is
0: gentle. No, I'll then, choke uh, you until you tap and it won't hurt when I'm done. And then I got better. I was like, "All right, I'm ready to go back." <laughs> yeah. I I'm I, I got um, I painted uh the headgear for crew. It looks I, dope. His yeah. uh, his headgear. He he it was something that he wanted. It's the uh like the uh army fighter planes, the teeth and eyes that are typically on painted on the fronts of the jet uh the fighter planes. And uh so I got I traded him for uh, some private lessons. So I'm gonna oh, do uh, I'm gonna do a few privates and see if I can't get back into it. Cause I, I'm training jujitsu every day.
2: Yeah, now I like get there every every day. Sometimes yeah. twice a day now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tuesdays
0: twice a day. Tuesdays. Yeah. Savage dude. Yeah, it's getting good, man. It's so weird. And what's fucking sucks? I'm as skinny as I've ever been, mm-hmm. and I weigh the same. i was at because really i want to be 170 i went into the gym the other day i hit 181 i was like fuck yeah i'll probably get there maybe in a couple weeks we'll be 175 next week two days later i come back 189 89.4 yeah and my stomach was empty i was like i didn't even (laughs) fucking eat food today you fucking scale god damn it you drop a load yeah 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 <laughs> my stomach was empty of food i was starving like you like you literally like emptied out all your
1: what is it the things that could keep you weighing a lot more to get on that scale there it, wasn't, oh, on it purpose. wasn't on purpose no but yeah it was, no because it was okay. a day class so yeah,
0: uh, I, i typically <laughs> i can't eat before rolling around with a bunch of fucking no, beasts yeah. you'll throw up dude yeah Yeah. I, I've been trying to figure. There's a there's a fine line actually. Like you kind of need to have a little bit of. That's why I've been eating those protein bars before class because you have to. You need a, something. You in need there. a little bit of food in yeah. there, but not enough that you're even anywhere close to what you consider full or yeah. even like comfortably full. You can't do that if it. You you need like a like a quarter full stomach. Yeah. But if it's empty, you'll start getting all acidic. You'll get heartburn and just feel like you're going to puke. By, it's, every time, if my stomach is empty, the third roll, because typically at the end of class, you get about three rolls in. About the end of the second one leading into the third one, it just feels like puke time is yeah. coming. It it hasn't. And I only puked. The only time I ever puked in class was when I first started Muay Thai and mm-hmm. when I first started Jiu-Jitsu. My
2: first week. Was it with Alex's class or was it Vinicius's? No, it was the um Or Bernard. Bernard, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He does a lot of cardio.
0: Dude weird butt heads too. That's uh I didn't do good in his class. Yeah. Yeah, we just
2: didn't it's we little, didn't
0: communicate well.
2: He's a little more like boot camp, you know, like I'm gonna tell you what to do in yellow.
0: Yeah. It was I don't know, it was it was weird. I didn't connect to it. Mm-hmm. And then he would get frustrated with me, and then I get frustrated with him. Yeah. was like, show me how to fucking do it, dude. Don't just fucking get mad at me and let me get punched in the face and laugh. Like, it was, he would say stuff like, "I'm gonna keep picking on you until you get it." And I'm like, "Just teach me how to do it, first, cocksucker. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm a smart dude. Just help me learn, and then don't let me learn from just being punished." Yeah. But you know, that's part of this thing too, and. Looking back now as a newbie, you know a year and a half later, I can see where what I considered punishment at the time wasn't necessarily so, yeah, you know, yeah. like I could was I was looking at the photo of me when I got my blue belt, mm-hmm. which was about ten months into like ten months of straight training, a lot, yeah, you know, and I noticed that I looked soft, mm-hmm you know like mm-hmm. i looked at myself in comparison to uh i guess yeah, Do you would, mean like
2: your role style or do you mean like you physically, no no just a like picture physically. of me physically okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah.
0: and i felt like i was in good shape at yeah. that time because yeah, i'd been training for ten, nine, ten 9 10 months pretty pretty hard and the the person 10 months before that was even a hundred times softer yeah but you know like i thought i was hard like i thought yeah, i was yeah, tough yeah, right yeah, there yeah. and now i know i was like you you were nowhere close to tough, and you were squishy. Yeah. I'm still squishy, but, like, I was even more <laughs> fucking squishy. It's just weird. Like, they were, like I looked at the photo, and I was like, ah, oh, I'm different from that now.
1: Yeah, isn't is it like a, a humbling that actually comes out in your body language, and now you're able to see it?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, but maybe that's just it, me Isn't it kind being...
1: of like the flip-flop thing that we've been talking about this whole podcast? You know, where someone deciding... So you, you didn't appear as hard, but deep inside, you're badass. The, could it be that reason? Like you don't have to show it anymore? Yeah,
0: well no, I think that I think that I've just improved just over the last the next 9 I'm about 16 months in of training. Yeah. So like that that was like the halfway point. So my halfway point there felt like it was like it was like I was at the top of um, Mount Helix. And uh, Mount Kilimanjaro is, yeah. you know, the black belt or whatever. Oh, okay. Like, so
1: you're still... Okay, so your actual own uh, interpretation on your outlook My changed. interpretation
0: of myself yeah. has changed dramatically. Yeah, it changed. Yeah. Cause just because, you know, because I have changed. But just being able to, you know... It's like how we age; like it's so subtle that we don't pick up the 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 subtle nuances of what happens, like how uh, our wrinkles start to show more, gray hairs more so, you know, anything that like is a slow, gradual process. Yeah. But w- and you know, and I bring that up because of like how I felt like getting my ass kicked when I first started; like it felt like I was getting brutalized, but I was getting brutalized by people who are already that year experience or more. So it's not as brutal to them as what it seemed like to me. So the the uh perspective from where you're at like what seems like a a tough ass workout all of a sudden isn't really that tough a yeah. year later, you know.
2: I feel like it's so many things too, you know, it's like uh I mean just physically, you know, you become like stronger, you know, you become like your cardio gets better and then you I just flex you're... in the mirror like crazy, <laughs> you <know? laughs> Who doesn't, though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Nobody ever talks about it. <laughs> Except for, like, bodybuilder types, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I think, you know, I mean, there's, like, mental aspects, too. And, you know, just, like, just physically, you know, like we do. I mean, like, in weight, you know, we do a lot of body conditioning. Like, you guys are rolling so much that like, you just, you're always doing body conditioning, basically.
1: Follow my friend, Matt, my,
0: Mike. At Mike Maxwell you gotta hit me with my right name. It, it, it's it's amazing. i right now, dude. It's amazing how many people, even like my relatives, will start to pronounce my name with an A before the I. Uh, it, it's it's something natural with with people that mix the name Michael and Matthew or matt and mike like it yeah. just it happens and you know what's what's Maxwell, too. It's like, <laughs> what's extra fucked up is that like one of my best friends growing up was his name was matt so we were like together all the time uh, so yeah, it was yeah. always like there's mike and matt yeah. and da, 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 da. where's mike where's matt da, da, da. and now motherfuckers more often than not <laughs> call me matt before they the, one mike. of the
1: motherfuckers man you, well, anyway, you, got
0: a, you got a big crew with you don't worry about it <laughs> how's it going mike it's good i I feel like that the intro song should have had a (laughs) (laughs) or like a like like uh the the funeral song what's the song what's the what's the one that they always play at funerals
2: why is the wedding song the only one that's
0: popping my head right now? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Too many fucking
2: weddings lately. <laughs> the Indiana. death of man. My, my damn girlfriend always talking about getting married. Ah, uh. you know
0: I'm a minister, right? I can, I can. Perform weddings,
2: dude. We were actually talking about that too, because a lot of people were like, "Oh, are you guys gonna have a Jewish wedding?" Because my, my girlfriend's Jewish. I'm like, "No, that's like an hour long class, or not like yeah. like a, like a year long process." If that you I have like to do. really
0: short, sweet, secular wedding ceremonies, I'm your guy. Yeah, yeah. And we're, tattoos. We're,
2: yeah, I got you, dude. Covered. We can get tattooed and married at the same time. It'd be that's awesome, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll paint us a portrait. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. We lost the last hour. Uh, it was a really good conversation. Uh, Mike was sharing some of his vast amounts of philosophical knowledge. and On um, the SS. On the SS. And he uh, talked to us a little about the secret of life. I cried for a little while. They consoled me. And now here we go. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was pretty much that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like,
0: devastating. Dude, it's... GarageBand can take a dive man that's uh it's important to invest in the secondary MP3 recorder Well
1: device. I see now I well I can do it off my phone but then I'm backing things up with two Apple products that I hope that doesn't crash cuz my iPhone crashed pretty pretty uh recently or now you know Well sucks. that's a lot
0: of heat going into uh an iPhone no I guess it's not that much different No oh, I have
1: iPhone. I have a I have a secondary interface that goes from the interface to the secondary
2: interface into the phone. you're
1: speaking a foreign (laughs) language
0: now.
2: Interface with the interface of the interface. Yeah. I only know plug in, plug out. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Push record. I'm Asian. Like, this shit would be, like, second nature to me. But, like, I'm not good with numbers or tech. So it's, like, it's weird. I got, like, the worst of both. I'm short and stupid. (laughs) 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 But you know, Martial art, you're there. Yeah. (laughs) You
1: win. (laughs) You, You still win in life. The culture win right there, but yeah, dude. Talking about the SS to what is it BMX wipeouts and all that stuff, and it all went to what the stuff that I was looking
0: up last night before I went to bed. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and unfortunately, like we we can't we can't repodcast what we podcasted into uh, into the ether again. Right, yeah, it's like uh,
1: telling a book. Or writing a book from someone's spoken word, like
0: yeah, shit can get weird. Yeah, shit's yeah gonna yeah, get totally really like weird. Telephone. Yeah,
1: yeah that's fucked Blake up. To think about right, yeah, dude. You call someone and say, "Hey, Carl, I, Carl, I dislike the way you do this," and then Carl turns around and says, "I think he he says I don't like
2: like uh, I like, like pine nuts." What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pine <laughs> the, nuts are the awesome. telephone game is pretty pretty awesome. Um, I never got a chance to play that actually when I was a kid. I feel like that, I was like. Held back.
0: If you look at it like in a religious standpoint, it get the shit gets really oh for sure. But you know, people try. You know, people. There's a a train of thought that says that when we didn't have the written word, that our memory was used in such a different way that we were able to use it in a better, as a better tool. Do you feel like like our memory may have worked better? Maybe because I know, for instance, if you just took some of us fucking pudgy motherfuckers and threw us in the woods. Some of us would die. But if you went and took some motherfuckers that lived in the woods already, they would have the know-how to survive. So I think that... uh if you were forced to use your memory more often, if, it, for instance, remember how often you used to remember telephone numbers, like when before there were cell phones, you remembered everybody's fucking telephone number or you wrote it down. But I guess that that goes against what we're talking about. But uh, now you don't remember anybody's fucking phone number because it's all in your phone. You don't. You just touch the button. So in some way, you're using less of your memory than you were before so if if you had to pass down oral traditions over and over again let maybe maybe our memory was used in in a larger way than it is now. but with that said, we know that things change from person to person that's why like with for you know for the the Christian Bible if I bet you, if you ask, if you took ten like regular, just going to church on Sunday types, or maybe even people who consider themselves Christians and don't go to church, I bet you more often than not that they would think that all of the books that were written about Jesus that are in the Bible were all people that were fucking cruising around with him at the time, yeah, yeah, like his and homies, <laughs> it, and it's hundreds of years apart. So if you think about it, like just recently i 've been thinking about like writing down my own history mm-hmm. just to write it down i just i've been interested in the idea of just writing in general lately um but so i i've been thinking about a lot of things like trying to go over my own personal history i 'm thirty three so i 'm trying to remember back thirty years ago to twenty five years ago i can't yeah i can't so imagine somebody telling a story a hundred years later. Two hundred years later, from this supposed—I'm not even putting any value into the idea that Jesus was even a, a sto- historical person, like in real life, uh, r- rather than a metaphor—and like a
2: combination of like multiple stories that are like blended into one. Yeah. yeah. Now imagine
0: telling a story about a person that you didn't know a hundred years later. Yeah. And now think about it. We've been telling a story about a person that we didn't know. Two thousand years later.
2: Yeah. How does that how does that morph? Yeah. It's true. I mean, even if were, like, my grandparents or great grandparents, like they become almost like an accumulation of like multiple stories of different people's grandparents that just kinda get combined into one wonderful being and yeah. everything else that's bad just kind of gets shed, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, Imagine,
0: so think about if we tried to redo the podcast right now. It'd be great if we really had that hour on tape and then tried to redo that hour on uh, tape. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. to and to like, match I, it up to see yeah. how close you L- can do like, like, it. Like like Lex is just like messing with us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we could maybe yeah. we have the capabilities but yeah. we just don't it's like that muscle part of the brain just is like well you know the brain is so functional it only uses as much energy as it needs to yeah so like if it knows like oh, oh well i don't need to deal with that shit right now so yeah. let's not work that muscle at all
2: i feel like that the telephone number um example is a good one because I, I wanted to say you know if you don't have everything written down you become more like in the moment you know so like you're your access to your memory is is really only about like what is like kind of here and now and like relevant to this moment, you know? But I mean, I feel like that when you, as soon as you said telephone numbers, like I can immediately remember like my four best friends, you know, that I had when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. like, Dustin Barut, you know, like I shouldn't say his name, but I was like his house phone. Like, Let's I put just, his house just, phone. Just, out there just, know, seriously, right? Call call. Now, so, yeah, his dad 510 623 9. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny, man, that, you know, like, even to this day, because I want to say like, you know, you shed all the stuff that's not in use. But at the same time, like I have no use for that phone number, but I still remember it to this day, you know? Yeah. And, and there's a repetition, lot of. I guess, but.
0: There's studies that they try, they like, they don't know oh. where memory exists in the brain yeah yeah dude
2: they think that like memory uh, takes place in multiple organs it's not just the brain I I read an article who knows if it's fucking true Um, yeah but yeah, there was another thing that they were talking about how, um, you know, your the way your brain works now is, is slightly different than it was before. To where you know in the, in the past, it's more like you actually had to memorize things because you didn't have access to these reference manuals. You know, later on in life, so you'd have to like spend copious amounts of time to you know memorize this information and like embed it into your brain. But now it's like your your pathways are such that you know you actually it's more about retrieving the information because it's all out there on the internet or books or you know like CDs. It's, I've been thinking
0: about that idea a lot, like around like holidays and like ancient traditions that have lived on like even even the idea of birthdays like having a celebration at a certain point in time each year is almost like a memory tool like it's yeah. not so much about the celebration like uh, just thinking about this idea abstractly i have no sort of frame of reference for anything to match it but like the idea that we have a celebration each year so that we have a memory point of like hey this is the thing that we need to remember like if we for yeah. some reason we wanted to remember how old we were if we yeah. you know we're not keeping track on our license we're not keeping track of the year because we're not keeping track of the years would you would you do a cell and you know that's making a lot of assumptions about people in ancient history but you know like the idea that you you only you have these things as a way to improve memory
2: yeah yeah that's true
0: not just about the ceremonial aspects of it in and of itself you you know if you if
2: if i would ask you like how old are you i mean you're obviously using your birthday as a reference you're going to say like well i'm this many years and this many months it's really easy to figure out you know versus like how old are you like okay well i was born you know in 84 and you know you kind of like have to do more math that way which i hate (laughs)
1: <laughs> but still you're still kinda of referencing and I feel like the way the we uh somehow are programmed to uh you know, rely on relative uh rep- repetitive motions and stuff like repetitive that. Motions, repetitive yeah. motions. Yeah, tongue twist. That uh even if it wasn't like um a year or a number, we'd there'd be some other, you know, uh reference that we use, maybe it's like clicks or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, like all those <laughs> things that they teach you in school, like like memorization tools. You it's know? crazy. But we, now we don't need any of it. So what that makes me think is that not having to utilize that part of the muscle in the brain allows for the brain to utilize other parts of the muscle that it wouldn't normally yeah. have the energy to focus on. So in, in some ways, it, it's probably a lot more helpful because, you know, you can only store. So we only got so many, many megabytes for each person that they can yeah. fucking memorize, you know, in their own head. So it's like why it, it's nice that we don't have to sort of waste that energy. But yeah. I guess at some on some levels we lose something, too. You know, in, yeah. in terms of you know, a certain level of smartness or but whatever. Then if but if everybody
1: knew it, then you wouldn't really be losing something because you understand the, the way your brain's working. That's so that, kind of that's that idea. It's kind of like an awakening tool. Like, in order for you to consider that
0: as a total win, like
1: everybody has to awake and follow that unless there's stragglers behind, then it becomes like a, a win and a lose. Yeah,
0: it's that tipping point, you know, in evolution where. You know, they use, they, when pe- when people talk about this, they use the hundredth monkey effect or, or the thousandth monkey effect or yeah. whatever, which it was the monkeys cleaning the sand off the coconut or whatever the fuck it was. Because yeah, it was like radioactive,
1: you had to wash it and stuff.
0: Whatever the shit was, it, you know, at some point there's a tipping point where everybody moves forward and is no longer uh, doing the the activity or the behavior that isn't beneficial. So maybe that's what, maybe that's what we need in this society. You know, everyone's talking about all these revolutions and fucking people going crazy and fucking end of the world shit, but we just need, maybe we're just at like a weird tipping point. And if you think about it, if you look at it, like, let's say like jumping off a cliff, like that tipping point before you're, when you're on land thinking about to jump off into the air, into some water, you know, there's a tenseness to that. Like, you know like a breaking point even you know like the way a stick bends before it breaks you know maybe that tension point maybe we're at that in in this moment in human evolution where like everything seems so fucking crazy that it's that that tipping point where we're all like okay now we don't have to be that crazy anymore and we got like a little either a downhill slide or an uphill battle
2: i don't know yeah. I think it's interesting because, like, I mean, if, even if you say that, like, 2012, you know, you know, has significance and, like, you know, some people think it does, some people think it doesn't, you know, but just the fact that, like, people are stressing about it and people are thinking about it and, like, you know, worried that, you know, something, you know, catastrophic is going to happen or some, like, crazy societal change is going to happen is going to, like, almost, like, force, you know, something that, like, isn't naturally going to happen. Like, it's going to, like, force, you know, something, some kind of change or something like that. Yeah. I
0: don't think it has anything to do with, with, uh, with time frame, you know, I, the year is almost over. Yeah, we're getting we're getting close. But I th- I think it's just you know, like like these subtle shifts in societal changes. Like we were talking about, like the way that the brain doesn't have to work certain ways, or mm-hmm. if, if our memory, our memorization part of our activity isn't as important. Like what if we're, sh- you know, maybe that was a weird shift then like from written to word from written word to from or from non-written word to written word yeah. I wonder if there was some kind of like if society was weird then you know like if if there or you know however fucking Pythagoras and the you know the Greeks came up with with geometry and all the mathematicians maybe that there was some point there you know the renaissance period for fucking italian painting it mm-hmm. Was there some fucking weird shift that happened with society, society, like a big mental shift where we sort of were able to elevate our minds to some level? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. You know, if it'd be interesting to look back because I'm just coming, I'm just flowing I'm free off the top of my head. Yeah, 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 Like to look at what society was like around those periods or, yeah. or just before or just after those, yeah. these, I think, like, significant shifts.
2: Do you know who Daniel Pinchbeck is? Yeah. Yeah, he he made an interesting point on that. I th- I thought it was just yeah, just just very very interesting. Um he was talking about like every society you know, needs um like a medium, you know, whether it's a printing press or like a codified set of rules. So he need, he was kind of referencing uh, Rome, you know, like in order for Rome to have its like uh, dynasty, um, it needed like a codified set of like rules and, and regulations and policies in order to hold that in place. You know, like a, a democracy needs a, a printing press so we can like, you know, you know, put forth these like ideologies and like send them to the masses, you know. And now that we're kind of coming into like this uh, concept of like internet, which which we really haven't fully understood like, you know, the the power of or how to, like, use it, you know, in a unified, you know, kind of fashion. You know, we're kind of just, like, figuring out as it goes. You know, like, that in itself is going to change society in, like, ways that we don't even understand yet. Yeah, somebody from Ghana,
0: Africa, right? Ghana's in Africa? Yeah. So I don't sure. sound like a fucking asshole. Sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ghana's in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Was on my blog today. Like, I, I I took a little screenshot and posted it on the Facebook saying yeah. uh, my my blog looked like a virtual United Nations today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brazil, Canada, United States, uh, a bunch of European countries, yeah. fucking Ghana, crazy. Uh, the United Arab, Arab Emirates were on there. Saudi Arabia was on there the other day. Oh. And you think of that connectivity, like this—the ability to connect with people who we never would have before—does create a shift in mind states. Mm-hmm. I think you know when when we perceive people as being on the other side of the globe uh non connected like it will never meet one of these people ever it's not so true anymore yeah. like there are avenues where there's some sort of inter interconnectivity, you know some sort of interaction, whether it be just like somebody looking at somebody's Facebook or their blog post, even mm-hmm. if there's no interaction. Uh, personally, like an email or whatever sent back and forth, if somebody reads your blog post in Ghana, they may have some brand new perspective on something. Not that yeah. it's some fucking powerful-ass fucking, you know, like, it was probably my stupid Comic-Con blog and <laughs> like titties and shit. It's probably <laughs> silly. But, you know. Or the, But I it can, has the
2: potential to be, you know. Right. It yeah. is
0: an interaction. Yeah. Whether it's neutral whether it's, or positive or negative or whatever. Yeah. it It... Shows that there is some connectivity, and, hey, and
2: what it, better way to connect us all than boobies, right? <laughs> uh, I <laughs> and I was say, just about to
0: say
1: that. I was like, we should just start saying boobs in the podcast and see how many people just come to listen to us say boobs.
0: <laughs> I it, it probably would work pretty well. Just say titties every now and then. Just that should be the drop.
2: Just titties. <laughs> <laughs> That concept is pretty tits, right there. <laughs> we did um, talk
0: about the pimp game for a while, yeah, in the last yeah. podcast. But I think you know, I still don't remember the name of the documentary that I tried. Oh, to is it
2: uh, a Gentleman of Leisure? No, oh, it's not. Th- that's another documentary that they made based in Oakland. I do have Pimp's. my
0: computer phone sitting right here hey, next yo. to me. I could probably still talk and communicate and <sighs> interweb. Oh, but
1: anyways, it was. It came from uh, the bits because you try to guess. The first quote The Wizard of Oz ass shit <laughs> Was from that The Wizard that, of Oz g- ass shit And then you mentioned About the The whole like You know Process you went to Like recording Every single foul language In, a, oh, in yeah, music. the Oh yeah
0: The mixed uh, The drug mixtape Yeah Any drug uh. reference
1: And you'd blend them together By Some Like pushing down The pause button Yeah <laughs> We can't do it. We we can't. But I think, uh, you
2: know, I mean, I guess kind of getting back on our our previous flow, uh, we were were talking about how, you know, Internet is kind of bringing everybody together, you know, and how it's changing things. I mean, I feel like with the Olympics, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like everything that kind of we're getting taught now is like this huge, like, you know, internationalism that's kind of going on right now. And and, uh, the Internet's bringing everybody together and sharing ideas and things are becoming more like uh, global. So it's like, is is you know, at what point? I guess are is the, are the Olympics going to become more like a relic? You know, where we're competing against each other on this very like primitive type of way.
0: That's I've been. I, I asked this question to my family the other day, and I think they just took it as me trying to be controversial. No. But I I asked. Um, <laughs> I wonder how much the Olympics, like, it seems like it's this world stage, and then it's supposed to be bringing countries together. But how much does like the sports team idea of my team wins and your team sucks dick? uh how much does that create more hyper nationalism and separatism amongst countries and people who live in those countries like does it actually go against the idea of being more unified and even further if it do, if it is unifying and we are moving towards this global community what does that do to nationalism? Like, what does that say? What is it? You know, like I kind of look at nationalism as like a dirty word. Like it's kind of gross to me. Um But a lot of people are attached to it. Yeah, You know, and a America, lot of people, wave their flex. and what's really funny is, and is, as disassociated as I am with America and the United States. And uh even the idea that there's borders that exist on, on the globe is like laughable to me, but that's, you know, that's like fucking hippie talk. <laughs> um, that i even said oh like i felt my my brain go to like let's go team america when i was watching the judo like i got hyped that an american won and then i got kind of sad that he lost his next two matches mm-hmm. and i was like wait you're just doing that because you think you're on fucking team america but really it's all we're all fucking team people and that, that there are no borders there are no fucking flags there are no you know all that shit is fucking fake and it's it's almost seems designed to keep us separated from one another and so i think I, i'm wondering what people think if, if other people think about the olympics in such a way like what it does for nationalism and the and then like what it is as a like a more separatist idea
2: yeah i'm I, I think it kinda of depends on like the environment that it's done. Like I, Debbie Downer style, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> I mean hey, everybody's I, all happy uh, about the
0: Olympics. Uh oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's definitely done better in the Olympics. I, I think like one of the, the craziest like uh like nationalistic ideas is like just like the, the soccer world cup, man. Like people are so crazy yeah. about that, you know, and just like being like all for their team and all for like their country and stuff and it just I don't know. I feel like that is a little bit more um aggressive i guess than the olympics
0: do you, you well soccer is aggressive yeah. you know f- uh, european football or, or football around the world like rugby is well no yeah. soccer oh soccer yeah, is the fucking brutal yeah. yeah what everybody else calls football is like talking about the fact,
2: sport or the fans the fans yeah the yeah, yeah, that yeah, go yeah. Cause the sport fucking, is like they're kicking around this fucking ball like, yeah, really, yeah, like, yeah 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 it's not that it's the opposite of brutal yeah yeah
0: it's fucking it's, the fans are Playing fucking along, insane. Yeah. Like I, in fact, I uh I posted up a photo of um Kane Velasquez with uh, his Brown Pride oh, tattoo, yeah, and then that. I posted up a photo of what looked like a bunch of skinheads holding up a sign saying White Pride with a big fucking cross with the circle around it, and everybody thought it was like uh, a group of people at like a hate rally. It was a group of people at a fucking soccer game. Oh, shit. At a soccer game. What? They're hyper racist at soccer games. And no doubt the the people with the white pride shit were racist. And I was making a big point about pride and nationalism, the same idea and what it means coming from different groups of people. But uh, you know, this group was it was a soccer match like It was a Poland. It was a Polish soccer match, and those fuckers are crazy. Like when when teams that have black uh, players come out, they'll just be shouting racist shit at them. Like like they do like a monkey call at uh, at the black people. Yeah, I heard a story.
2: They're throwing bananas on
0: the field. Yeah, crazy shit, and it's it's super racist. But I mean, like that's that's nationalism yeah. at its most raw and its most real. I think that, and that's what gets me is like, okay, these guys are are totally misled and, and fucking out of their brain, but they're putting it out there exactly how without a censor, without the idea of, well, I'll just talk about my personal politics behind closed doors where nobody can hear me. Yeah, They're just fucking putting it out there it's like, plastic, we're yeah. fucking proud as fuck for Poland. We're all fucking white as shit. We're gonna, we're just gonna talk shit, yeah. you know, and that's like their game. Like they they say, oh, we're just doing this to rile up the other teams and make them not play good, which yeah, whatever. But uh, you know, it's it's nationalism at its most pure. If you ask me, if you're gonna be like, I'm better than you because of this land that I squirted out of my mom's vagina on. <laughs> then then why not then why not just fucking own up to it and be like i fucking hate you because you're brown or yeah. you know just say it like let's not let's stop fucking pretending beat around the bush yeah but if you if you, if, you see, if you're a person that sees nationalism as that fucking uh degradation is, is similar to racism or whatever then you're going to look at it as fucking ridiculous yeah. and all these ideas like national pride like Fucking like saying a pledge of allegiance to a fucking flag in the morning seems like fucking total ridiculousness. And then something like the Olympics seems just as ridiculous. If you take the sport and competitive nature of sport out of it, like the whole idea of a country against another country's like athletes competing or whatever it might as well be a war let's just make it it's almost like a fake war yeah. you know it's like it's like play war let's let's it's like they put out that that fuck what's that kids game that you play when you're risk a, risk it's like let's play fucking risk with all these <laughs> fucking athletes and see who comes out with the fucking most gold at the end yeah it's it's exactly what they do with war what countries do with war it's like huh, let's battle with these fucking knuckleheads from the middle of the country who have no fucking out and See who wins. Whoever
2: wins gets the gold, gets the fucking power. Yeah. It's almost like, like, yeah, like a rating system, like a subconscious kind of rating system yeah. for the world. Like, who's yeah. on top right now? What is does. its purpose? Yeah. You
0: know, f- besides the sport, you know, because I know for athletes, it's, it's just you want to compete at the highest level. You want to, you know, show you the skills that you took a, the time to learn and hone and perfect. Yeah. I get all that. You know,
2: and of course they already have like amateur ranks, and they have like you know professional level, but it's like I mean obviously not to the scale where the entire world is watching.
0: Yeah, I I, I get all that. But it's a fucking weird thing if you kind of look at it from different perspectives like that, like what it does, and if it even affected me being so anti-nationalistic, yeah. <laughs> what could it do to anybody who doesn't even think twice about fucking pledging a flag or you know singing the fucking national anthem or whatever the fuck you know. Oh, shit. They're coming oh, to get shit. us. I don't <laughs> get it, dude. You got cops cop They out. got our
1: shit tapped. That's why my fucking computer froze. That's why, that's why I can't search the Speaking fucking the pimp truth. film right now. You can't search <laughs> the pimp film. <stuff. laughs> I've been trying. Google won't fucking work. Dude, it's crazy, man. No, but yeah, um, another crazy thing. It's like uh, what came up is the chicken filet or Chick-fil-A protest. Yeah. That's pretty insane.
2: Could you explain the whole breakdown of that? Like how that went down? I well, I'll here I, yeah, he, I can. Mike, and,
0: Mike and um, so basically, what happened is that people us. figured out. Well, you know, and since I'm, I keep bringing up documentary films, there was a there's a film that came out about um, how the Mormon Church was involved in California's Proposition 8 in the gay marriage battle. Right. So over the last since that's happened over the, you know four almost four years ago yeah, now years. coming up four years. Um, everybody figured out uh, who paid for what and whose money went to where. So I guess uh, the owners of Chick-fil-A fucking donated a grip of money to stop Proposition 8. And, you know, everybody knows they're like a Christian organization, a Christian uh, corporation. Yeah. Like, they don't, they're not open on Sundays. There's like, and you know in and out is another one of yeah, those In-N-Out's Christian, very, very Christian uh, yeah. corporations. I'm, I'm they curious. Have
1: the, they have the sections or the verse pages on the bottom of their cups and yeah paper. some people yeah, don't know ridiculous. that on the inside of yeah, the yeah on the inside of the cup and then the bottom like left hand on the back of uh the fries and stuff. Weird.
2: So I think that they also pay their employees really well. as dirty bastards, yeah. <laughs> pricks. <laughs> <laughs> that place is always booming too.
0: Just like Chick Fil A is usually yeah. like a long ass line. God, they and make mother, food. goddamn motherfuckers! I I used to go there once a week, and now I feel like this impending sense of guilt, which is what's really interesting about media campaigns and media propaganda. Uh, the way that well, maybe not even media, but like the way that a group of people can implement their agenda onto a large group of people, and I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying like like the Coney 2012 thing, like the way uh the social networking can can get a, a an idea in a, a way of thought out. And I talked about this. Uh, it, we use our money to to vote more often than we use our vote to dictate public policy yeah so i i think it you know for these people who you know the gay community who feel that uh this one corporation uh, amongst many others are directly infringing on their personal rights to do what they want to do as a a free human being uh is frustrating and and if you want to try to Basically, I think the idea is that you want to make somebody feel how they're making you feel. You know, you know, you want to treat people the way you're being treated, and so by making a a media blitz campaign, their incentive is to cut the bottom line of, you know, cut the profit margin of Chick fil A. Which, in the same way, like you said before, is like voting,
2: basically, right? Against and what and they're so. Doing.
0: I agree that gay people, if they want to get married, can go fucking get married. they can do whatever the fuck they want as long as it doesn't infringe on anybody else's rights. but we have this Christian right in our in our society that is so concerned about the sanctity of marriage for some fucking bizarre reason that that they're so that they're unwilling to uh, uh to bend in any of their their points of view. And it's ingrained in them. you know. It's taught to them from a, an early age. And it, it's cult-like. It's yeah. cult-like that anybody gives a fuck. But I made a tweet like saying that it sucks that I, I can't have delicious fried chicken because some right-wing Christian business owner doesn't like gay people. I'm pretty sure every Christian right-wing business owner, like mogul, doesn't like gay people. I, I remember, I'm sure Herman Cain said some crazy bat shit fucking things while he was on the campaign. Yeah. And I guarantee you motherfuckers still eat at rallies. It's kind of weird that we have to, that that while talking about something while something's a hot button topic that there's certain rules that apply. And I said like I I would go to Chick-fil-A once a week probably and now I don't go there just because of the fucking media blitz. But now what's interesting is you see the the other backlash of uh Christian right protecting the Christian right and going out and like making um an effort to eat, eat Chick- More cheerfully <laughs> to be uh spiteful yeah. towards uh the gay community. But it's it's so fucking weird that anyone's sexuality means anything to anyone. It's it's fucking retarded. And it's it's because of whatever their own hang ups are about themselves. Like it's I love how I love when like the hyper anti gay uh You know, typically hyper Republican rich white end up having like 18 year old boys sucking their cocks, you know, (laughs) fucking every other day. Like, it's, 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 I always, you know, like people who are so anti one thing. Well, the church in general
2: with like the molestation cases. Yeah, dude. Stop it. It's very
0: ironic. Stop it. Yeah. It's it's fucking silly that you're trying, you're. Your own sexuality is so oppressed that you feel the need to oppress the rest of society. It's it's sad. Yeah, you know.
2: I mean, I think it's 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 lame too. Just that you know, um, you know, like their their idea of like being a productive member of society or like a good Christian is like you know to go about like hating gay people or like making their life a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just heard so many other. My aunt was in town,
0: and she's hyper conservative, and Mm -hmm. she was. She told her sentence, started with something like, uh, you know, I know God has a plan, and then the end of the sentence was something about like hating giving money to Mexican kids, you know, <laughs> wow. you know, like I hate that my tax dollars go to illegal immigrants, or like, or you know, just some like nonsense, some just ha- pure hatred
2: towards something that is. Which is funny, too, because, like, supposedly they did numbers recently and it's like the uh, illegal immigrants, you know, that she's talking about really like they actually have more contributions in taxes, you know, like it's basically a wash. You know? Yeah. And it's so
0: hypocritical. Yeah. Like the, uh, the idea that um, people come here just to be lazy and like get free money is the most fucking anyone who says that it just shows their knowledge of foreign policy is zero because if if anyone who knows about nafta knows exactly why there would be an influx of of immigrant workers coming up from mexico because yeah. the the way international trade has gone now anyone involved in agriculture or small business jet, particularly yeah. south of the united states is is fucking ruined yeah. and that and that's by design you know big corporations Kill small corporations by design. Mm-hmm. There's corporations will go and buy, for instance, in the medical industry, people will go and buy patents, yeah. so that medicine that could be sold for a cheaper price at a better incentive, you know, a, a, a better medicine for a cheaper price, don't go on the market. Yeah, you know, so it's it, it the the whole the whole way that we have our system set up is designed to to make it worse for people like that and these people that were were calling illegal aliens and that's such a fucking dismantled term so that you can stop looking at your fellow human as a human it's so fucking ridiculous like even saying it sounds fucking gross like derogatory class yeah Yeah. dude it's so bad and what's funny is is that people who are hyper conservative going after Mexicans more often than not it's amazing A, a lot of what would be considered illegal aliens are people coming in from China. Mm-hmm. And if you go into any fucking conservative house, I bet you if you look at half the shit that they own in their house, guaranteed half that shit comes from China. Okay. Guaranteed fucking teed. And people people are so hypocritical, they have no idea what they're talking about. And that's what it's what's so weird about hearing people on the right talking about leftist liberal propaganda and how we're because that's what the big thing with them is they They don't want to lend any credence to anything that goes against what they stand for, so you you'll hear a lot of hyper conservatives say that um, that gay people want uh, what's the word that they have a they have a um, like a catch for like a key word that they always use. It's like acceptance, but it's not. uh, I'm not gonna fucking pull it out of my head now. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah,
1: I don't know what he's talking about. Shit.
0: Gay people have a it's not the, the
1: the only word that came up was the interview where they had Sarah Palin talk about that and she said the the owner was being crucified for his beliefs
0: oh you well you, no, i'm just i'm, no, I'm talking about i'm trying
1: to figure out trying to like filter something i'm, to I'm
0: trying, trying to, to see out. you know what people the way the right don't want to justify oh, gay justify. sex. Okay, that's, that's exactly what it is. They don't want to give their stamp of approval on gay sex because as soon as they do that, they think the fucking well, world is going to unravel. They,
1: or the thing they're they were against sodomy because you you had like basically what they what they did was what, where they kept going is where they made or they took your kids and they taught them the you know their own uh, ideals and the kids grew up and it's like a never ending thing. So your kids kids grow up that learning that same ideology and just like back and forth and when someone something like being gay produces no kids and that's where your main uh, attraction to keep your ideal going is kind of a f- yeah, fuck up and like that's why you, you're not allowed here because you don't you can't contribute to something that i want to keep going you know yeah that's interesting
2: it's just just so weird though because it's like i mean you're trying to keep these away because you're saying that like you know these people aren't like what you want them to be productive members of society and be a part of the the greater group when really the opposite is true like by giving them the right to marry and by recognizing them as like people you know what i mean that they're going to be more productive members of society and more of a collective so it's like you're telling them one thing like you want them to be more like everybody else but then you're like pushing them in this category that's like creating this like animosity between them you know
0: and on the flip side of that uh, that's part of what is, if you look at the Chick-fil-A thing, you see a direct connection to not wanting to, to, to be an opposite. So not trying to come to a common, um, consensus, not the, it's like fuck Chick-fil-A. You see it. Everybody's a, a like, fuck Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So it, it, it's, uh, I talk, I talked to Jasmine on the podcast, the last one that our the last live free podcast about, um. All girls um, art shows, and how creating a, a movement of your own does empower you. But you're also telling this other group who's been telling you you're separate for all this time that yeah, I am separate, and I and I'm telling you this group that has oppressed me that I am different from you. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, we're talking about equality. Like that's equality is, is meant to be the goal. Yeah. It seems like that's the end game. Mm-hmm. Why would you create an even further separate? Why would you? Why would you make the the barrier even broader between you and this group who you've historically had issues with? Why? Why is there not a mending of bridges as opposed to a burning of bridges?
2: Yeah. And I guess I can understand too. It's like I mean, if if the opportunities aren't there and the barriers of entry are like you know so great that you have to almost like create your own in, you know bar- your entry into it. You know, like in the same way that. Uh, um, you know, like African Americans needed to have, like, you know, you mean uh, black people? Yeah, black people. Sorry, okay. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, uh, so in the same way that you know, like, black people, because you couldn't get jobs, you know, so they had to be like, kind of like, they had to force, you know, these, uh, you know, business owners to to allow them because, like, you know, you can't just say, like, oh, you know, like, why do we have to have the separate rule? Blah, blah blah. It's like, well, the the rule's kind of there for a reason, you know, and like maybe it's outlived its usefulness at this point you know but at the same time like you know at, at, during its heyday it that's was what, peaceful.
0: sure that's what the double edged sword is it's like yeah. okay we we lack power but we gain power in a group mm-hmm. we all know that uh, but at the same time if you're you got to you got i think it's important for us to try to remember what the end game is mm-hmm. so just the idea of creating separatism allows for there to be a continued misunderstood hatred which you know is at its most extreme but Mm -hmm. i think uh like like having an all girls art show you're basically saying guys can't be in your art show but you're mad that guys don't have more girls in their art show it's kind of a conflicting set of of ideas Mm -hmm. like it's not if you if you have the intention of an end game of equality and we see this a lot that uh Separatist movements don't actually want equality; they want the power. Yeah, you know, and that's I. I don't. I, it's not surprising, mm-hmm. you know. It's that's what a lot of people thrive for. But and that's like they want the win. Everybody
2: yeah. wants the win. Yeah. You know? I mean, I feel like it's just so apparent right now in American politics. It's like you know, everyone's not looking to for solutions; they're just looking for like victories. I, so I, I saw a bumper next...
0: sticker yesterday. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, you, yeah. but before I forget, and I, I posted on my Facebook. It says. I would rather, I prefer. I would rather have a Mormon than a moron. So, in other words, like I don't really give a shit. Mm -hmm. I just don't want the other dude. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I posted a fucking meme thing the other day too. I I think I I I don't know if I talked about this or not, but the fucking uh, somebody was putting a a picture of Sarah Palin with like a goofy ass look on her face and said um, in the last election. John McCain thought this fucking goofball was better than who the current fucking Republican nominee is. Yeah. You know, so in other words, four years ago, you guys thought that this little batshit fucking piece of work was going to (laughs) be a a better, more viable option. Than the, The you know, (laughs) the Mormon who you guys painted as a liberal from fucking Boston who is fucking you guys all shit dude, on four years ago? She was gun
1: crazy, dude. Shot wolves. Said wolves aren't don't have meaning to anything. Because she's fucking, it's fucking crazy. crazy. It's like I don't know. I I hate to say this, but it's kind of like the she is a poster child for the worst symptoms menopause can do to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 that I'm it's not every woman stepping in that. Fucking <laughs> not to say everyone, but
0: uh, you know she's pretty lost it up there. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, that whole scene, like, well, I mean, there's a, there's a portion of this society that's, it's very strange, but I mean, and then on the, uh, on the other hand, they think that we're fucking just as strange, you know, whatever the opposite of their point of view is, is just as bizarre. I gotta, I gotta cut. All right, man.
1: Well, Oh, shit. Oh, it's going, okay, well, since we fucked up, we kind of fucked up our time schedule, so we have to kind of cut this short, but uh, fuck dude, it's always awesome having Mike
0: again, you know, yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for being on my sub show as well
2: for sure well, yeah, we will definitely do this again uh hopefully very soon and get a nice longer one i, I definitely appreciate the uh, nice long chit chats i feel like we actually got through none of the material we intended on doing no we didn't at but all i feel like it's actually a better conversation that way yeah it's more real
1: yeah it's not as well there's structured no it's not structured it just flows well like a live recording
2: can i uh, i got um the
0: live free podcast yeah, group ahead. art show is coming up uh in portland on thursday september 6th at the hellion gallery um, you could check out the dot com, I believe, or just Google Hellion Gallery. And I just found out it's going to be a sub- fucking super cool week because uh, oh, there's a big music festival in town, and then right up the street is another like huge one hundred person art show of like all the top artists in the country. And from around the world and shit. So it's going to be a, a crazy good show. And I'm going to um, actually record while I'm there. You want to go to Portland podcast? Oh, dude. Producer, Producer, Producer Lex. Lex. <laughs> I was going to call you Podcast Lex. What?
1: Podcast Lex. Then I have to change my Twitter handle. I don't know. No, you should. you're definitely <laughs> Producer Lex.
0: Yeah, uh, um, so I'm going to go to Portland. Uh, when is it? Uh, September 6th. September 6th. Flights are only 119 bucks. Yeah, out there. Not um, That's not bad at all. No, uh, but I'm uh, regardless. I'm going to be recording podcasts up there with uh, some Portland artists and whoever's in town. We're at the art show. We're going to set up a recording space so that people who are anyone who comes to the show can come in. Sick. Like, ar- if artists come by, yeah. sit down, shoot the shit for a minute, and just do like a, a big compilation. So it's going to be dope.